All right. Okay. I'm recording here now. Three, two, one. How is that the best? This this shit. I'm on. I've got you on the fucking phone. I've got the desktop that doesn't want to goddamn work, and this is the. Mm. We just have MacGyvered our way this week into actually recording a podcast, and it's somehow the best. It is the no word of a lie. It is the best quality video of you that I've had since we've been recording from home. It's really funny. It's because my phone is younger than my laptop. I've had this laptop since my first year of college. Right. That would make sense why it's starting to crap out now. And like Facebook may not be working on there for us to record the video. Yeah, it's just I just really hope it works for Mortal Kombat. That's all I want. That's all I want. Do that last thing for me and you've done your due diligence. Yeah. <laughs> and then you can die in peace. <laughs> yeah, fuck college. I, I barely needed you for that. I need you for the new Mortal Kombat movie. <laughs> just to, just to last. Just to last. A little bit longer. So I've I've actually I've accidentally missed a round of uh, of the tournament of the round robin. What? Oh, right for the co- I was like, what are you talking about for the? Is it for the the comic books? Yeah, the new DC comic book as voted by the fans. We're actually in the semifinals right now. We're down to four. Oh wow. Yeah, I, I guess it just kind of slipped my mind, but yeah, we're, we're down to the final four, and I want to know how you want me to announce them to you. Like, do you want to go through each of the rounds, like from the the back to where we are right now, and have you guess which one won? Sure. Yeah, let's that's, do that. That's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, I think that would be best. And if you need an update on what it's about, I do have the notes here. Cool. So in the first round, it was Underworld on Fire and Etta Candy. Um Anna Candy would be a relatively new character, while Green Lantern follows Cal Ratner and Kilowog on a, like, a why is the world falling apart sort of mystery mission, and supposed to be a big twist on who's actually causing the mayhem. Right. If I remember correctly, I think that I liked the Green Lantern pitch more. Did that one win? I hope so. Yes, it did. Yes, it did. Sweet. Okay. The next one was Brave and the Bug, Crisis on Infinite Ambush, and Zatanna, the King of Nightmares. Was the bug one? I don't remember these two. Okay, so Brave and the Bug is essentially like, you know, super bug. Hang on, let me let me go to uh, that one in my notes here. Oh, no, I do remember that one. I think that was the one that I wanted uh, just because of how dumb it sounded. Yeah, it was Ambush Bug. There's the hero, and then something's happening to Zatanna's powers, so she needs to confront the King of Nightmares. Uh, and it turned. Yeah, no. yeah, that one won. No one cared about Ambush Bug, surprisingly enough. Wait, really? Yeah. That one just sounds. I wonder if they're also doing this as like a ploy because they're also making. Is it a Satana show or movie? They're doing one or the other. I think it's a show. I think okay. the original idea was to have Zatanna kind of show up in the um, Gotham City Sirens movie, but since that got canned, they might be. Uh, I think they're moving towards a show. Right, I think you, yeah, you're right on the nose there. Okay. Uh, Lobo and Animal Man team up comic versus Son of the Creeper. And remember, Creeper's just kind of like DC's version of the Jackal. Fuck, I hope it's the Lobo one. Oh, it is absolutely the Lobo one. Cool. Next up was Justice League Queer and the Robins murder storyline where uh, the Robins are getting killed and it turned, and it's supposed to be from the original Robin. I kind of like the murder mystery Robin one more. Yeah, it beat out queer pretty handily. Uh, like, it, that's an interesting one to go against because of all of them, I do recall that was the one that sounded the most intriguing premise-wise from, like, a lore standpoint. But then why did you pitch it against that one? Like, why did you pitch that against, like, the Zatanna one or something like that? I could easily see that one, like, the, the queer one winning. Or even better, the next one... Pause off the Justice League, where Jimmy Olsen and the animals try and save the league, or Jesse Quick control about how Jesse Quick's powers are going nuts because Speed Force is weird, and she's got to figure out her powers. It better be like Jimmy Olsen and the Super Pals or whatever, so that the Justice... Pause off the Justice League. No, it was Jesse Quick that won. What the fuck? Because that would be the funniest thing, because they'd never be able to live it down because Jimmy Olsen saves them. Next power uh, team up, 
Blue Beetle's graduation day, where his graduation is fronted by the aliens that technically control the Scarab. And Night Runner, Love in Paris, where a character that's inspired by Batman protects the streets of Paris in his own short miniseries. Neither of these really interested me. Um, the second one about Paris. Nah, Blue Beetle's graduation day beat it out. Huh. Yeah, I guess one of the He's more, I don't want to say relevant, but at least people still rec- know who he is in some capacity. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you get familiarity. Yeah. Uh, Asteria and Superman and Lois. So Asteria is like one of um, the Amazon's outcast, and she tries to find her way in the world. And Superman and Lois is like, our solar system is dying, and it's up to them to save the world. Asteria. I really hope so. There's too many Superman comics. <sighs> you got it. Is there about to be one more? Yep. Superman and Lois won that one. <sighs> and finally, Swamp Thing, A House of Secrets, and Suicide Squad 7. Uh, this is like uh, back in 1905, Louisiana, uh, kind of like a Swamp Thing love triangle. And Suicide Squad 7 is Harley Quinn leads the Suicide Squad, which is a magician. Sugar-obsessed killer, former hero, drunk assassin, and a mute metahuman, as well as a child to, you know, do a Suicide Squad mission. So Suicide Squad won? No, of course it did. No one gives a shit about Swamp Thing anymore. No, not after that canceled TV series or whatever. Yeah. All right, so then we missed the next round of winners, and this won't take as long. Uh, It was Green Lanterns, Underworld on Fire versus Satana and the King of Nightmares. Swear to fuck, Green Lantern better won. Yeah, Green Lantern won that pairing. Then it was Lobo and Animal Man Scorched Earth against that Robin's murder mystery. Robin probably won. Robin did, in fact, win. Jesse Quick Control, Blue Beetle Graduation Day. Blue Beetle? It did. Suicide Squad 7, Superman and Lois Ignition. Ooh, Suicide Squad? It did, in fact, win. And now we're, we're down to the se- yeah. Well, now we're down to the semifinals, and this one hasn't been announced yet. It's going to be announced uh, after the first week of May. But right now, the voting is open for Green Lanterns versus Robin and Blue Beetle versus Suicide Squad. Now, I think Robin's is going to win the Green Lantern pair up, just because Robin is far more familiar, and people are all over the Bat family. Uh, and probably Suicide Squad seven because the Suicide Squad is coming out. Yeah, I, I was thinking the same thing, too. It's a shame because they're only doing one of these series, correct? Yes, but I I don't think it's, like, canned totally. They're just trying to gauge interest. Right, because I feel like it would be in their best interest to create some smaller series, especially because they, you know, they cancel a whole bunch of these ongoing series where I think it would be better if they have their core ongoing and then they have these smaller like six run issues like you know that's where um uh marvel you know allowing some people to do like you know uh like that spider-man through the um through the ages right where they did like the 50s 60s 70s or spider it was uh, spider-man life story and they're just doing these smaller more compact personal stories i think honestly would be in dc's best interest because like at some point like they had a ridiculous amount of ongoing series that they ended up like shit when they got rid of a bunch of dc people they ended up shit canning so be better (laughs) (laughs) yeah but um speaking of that spider-man through the years uh chip zawalski is his name uh chip zadarski i think i'm pronouncing that right yeah, maybe. Did you know he's got a new book coming out? I know he's doing another Spider-Man. I think it was like, uh, not King in Black, but he was doing like the symbiote story, uh, like a twist on it. Isn't that King in Black? No, King in Black is like Marvel's like big, big event thing of like this, the king of the symbiotes and stuff like that. But I know he's doing one where um, I'm really intrigued by. I'm not sure if it's even out yet. The first issue might be out where... It's the idea of what if Peter Parker didn't give up the black symbiote suit and ended up becoming like a form of venom. Oh, like just let the rage take over? Yeah, which I'm very intrigued by, especially because we kind of had his unique take on this life story of um, 
of Peter Parker and having Venom in there in some capacity was a really intriguing twist. So offering up another uh, twisty version of the the Spider-Man mythos, I'd be really, really happy with, considering that is one of the big ones. And, you know, they kind of already did like something like that with Back in Black, um, when Straczynski was around when he got the black suit, but it wasn't the symbiote suit, but that was a whole other thing. Well, I bring him up because apparently he's doing another a comic book that just kind of looked pretty interesting to me, but unfortunately I lost the image. Let me see if I can find it again. Uh, Well, what? He's always doing weird stuff. Like, after, like, his run in, like, on on the comic Sex Criminals, which I haven't finished the final volume. I I haven't even bought it. I can't recommend that comic enough, though. Man, is that comic fucking wacky. Um, He always has, like, these weird like side stories when he's not working for marvel now yeah well apparently he's got like this whole group of his favorite writers and friends together to do an a horror anthology series called the silver coin oh interesting and it was published just in april okay because you got you might you might recognize some of these names uh michael walsh kelly thompson ed ed bryzon jeff lemire huh like, there's a lot of big names in here. I do like that quite a bit. Like, him to coming up and doing his own stuff. Oh, that's what he's doing. It's it's called also... Wait, other publishers. So, the one Spider-Man we talk, one I was talking about is Spider-Man Spider Shadow. And it comes out, yeah, in April. And then, yeah, the Legion of Evil. Is that what... Or no, that's something different. Okay. Huh. Well, wonder what I, I'd be intrigued because it's, it's much like um, I haven't read them yet, but um, Joe Hill, after the success of Lock and Key, he has his own division of um, DC now for horror called the Hill House, in which he has like there's like all of these different writers have been doing stuff like Basketful of Heads, which is like a fucked up horror comic, um, Dollhouse, I think it's called. Um, I really love how they're kind of allowing these people to create their own things. Like take the most popular writers and just be like, here you go. Here's their own branch. And honestly, I think that's, do you know who it's with? Like who he's doing it with? Like, is he partnered with image comics or something of the sorts? Or is it just him? I don't know. Let me, let me take another look. I accidentally closed the screen. Uh, published by genre comics. Gee, thanks. Appreciate that. Huh? Uh, no, it just says book by chip. Sadarsky doesn't have oh image oh cool yeah 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 good good for them I think we also now that image also needs to figure out what it's going to do for ongoing series like it, it does have its good like creator own properties but now that you know Walking Dead had wrapped up last year maybe a year and a half ago you know Invincible had wrapped up the year before that like I'm not sure if they have like big big ongoing series now. Not to my knowledge. Which, don't get me wrong, I think it works in Image's favor. It's more so, though, like, they had those, or in particular The Walking Dead, to fall back on of, like, well, you know, we only sold, like, 14 copies of this unique comic. At least, you know, we have other numbers. But at least uh, Image got back to their their roots of being like, hey, let's just have some uh, weird-ass shit. Let people just be their their weird selves because I'm looking at their website and so far their coming soon is Geiger, North Force, and Mom, which I don't think anybody's heard of. No, I mean maybe there's some that we could be proven wrong about. They do have some really good ongoing series, but yeah, like I don't know. For me, it's always been like creator owned, like thirty issues, so maybe six volumes total, where they're like, yeah, we created this story and we're done now. That's it, and I I like that. Yeah, but speaking of like Image and Invincible, they just had their season finale. Right. And that's, yeah, that's a series like I want to actually start watching soon now that all the episodes are out just because I haven't had the uh, chance to to uh, appreciate it as of yet. So, And it's, it is just the first 14 issues. So if you remember the basic crux, the basic structure of how it began, not even remotely. Goddamn. Again, I it, it does read that first volume. When like I rate one when I started reading Walking Dead and I was like, oh, this is good. And then I just never picked it up. Mm. I don't know if I want you to read before watching it, though. 
I'm not going to. I'm not Fair enough. Be, I feel like I'm not going to be able to. I I do appreciate that effect that I read it first, but you know maybe it'll be just be an interesting perspective for you to be like, uh, what you feel, yeah. not knowing where the story goes. No, I'm hoping to watch that soon. Well, because we're halfway through the Ducktales season two, <laughs> so hopefully we'll finish that soon, and then I think we wanted uh, we're gonna start X Files. Oh god! Oh, that's a commitment. How long is that? Uh it's a lot. Like thir- <laughs> maybe eleven or thirteen seasons, and it's like twenty episodes that are like four thousand hours a piece. So essentially, uh, you're starting another Criminal Minds, but with aliens. Yes, but the thing is, I'm not the one that was watching Criminal Minds. Oh, partners watching that by themselves. So, I, like, I'm ex- I'm interested to go back because again, X Files. I had started way back when I got to like either season two or three, and then I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch something else, and then I never went back to it. Like, I liked aspects of it. It's definitely those first few seasons are definitely '90s Fox. Um, I feel like that's a very distinct f- way of or a distinct format uh, in terms of like television was like Fox had a very interesting perspective, the way they had, the way they made series in the nineties and early two thousands uh, when it came to like series, not serious, but like pulpy crime, um, like the aesthetic of it. And I, th- like I remember a lot like in the first season of X-Files at all, uh, like it was not good. But then I remember really liking the second season, and then, yeah, I think I did get to the third, and then I just stopped. Because, <laughs> you know. I never got into X-Files. I tried, but it was just not my thing. No, that's that's fair. Like, I'm, I'm interested to go back and now, and now explore and see if it holds up, uh, especially some of those later seasons. Uh, but, like, there's some good stuff in there, because, you know, me and, like, mytholo- not mythology, but, like, the weird... Not, I don't know. Sci-fi. It's 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 sci-fi, but not. It's it is science fiction. It's urban. It's urban urban legends, like stuff like that, that I really like. Um, But yeah, yeah, it is sci-fi. Like falls into more like the urban legend stuff of like, um, you know, it it was in a weird way in some instances like a supernatural before supernatural, and then I think even at the same time as supernatural, because I'm pretty sure that intersect. They must have intersected at some point of like in those last seasons of X Files and Supernatural would have started. But yeah, it, it's kind of like that. So yeah, I'll 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 check that out. But I, I again, I really want to watch Invincible. That's been on my radar. It's a short one too. Like I think it's only nine episodes or maybe less than that. But and they're each forty minutes. I think it's an easy commitment. And it's it, I. I do recommend it. I won't go into full review until you've seen it, but I probably will give it a now. I'll have to really think about it, but oh wow, it might just be it might just be my initial reaction. Like I'll need to dissect it a little more in my mind because I mean it's already sold for me just because you have Stephen Young being the titular character, and like again after you know I always talk about him and Bernie, and then seeing him in Minari, um, and that is the fourth week in a row that you have jerked off Stephen Yen. Oh yeah. <laughs> So yeah, and it's just uh, I'll be interested to see what they what they do with that show because you know it's Amazon doubling like down on like their superhero shows uh, in terms of being like adult superhero shows between the boys and this. So and this Invincible just got renewed for two seasons. Would they get a two and a three? Right. Yeah. Right. So you know it's it's going to be going on for a little bit. Well, they got a lot of material to pull from. Yeah. Yeah. God, could you imagine that show going on for as long as The Walking Dead has? Probably. If they're only doing six episodes a season, there could be as many seasons as Walking Dead. Yeah, it's a good point. Keeping it more compact rather than, you know, the 18 episodes or how many Walking Dead has had. That show is gone on for way too long. But anyhow, I digress. <laughs> point is, a lot of superhero shows, and we're going to talk about one of them right now, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah, we thought we'd uh, wait a little... Well, I guess a little bit, I say a week uh, before going into discussing that show. And uh, oh boy, I'm really happy um, they kept that show to six episodes. It was six, yeah. Yes. Um, I think that worked in the show's favor. Um, 
yeah. So it's following Bucky and Sam. You're really having problems with this one. So the, the premise <laughs> of this one is, as laid out in the first episode, is Bucky is still dealing with his time as the Winter Soldier and all the stuff that he had to deal with during his time being brainwashed thinking is that who i am or can i be somebody new meanwhile falcon has this big responsibility of captain america passing down the shield to him at the end of endgame and other than that you don't really need any build up to this show a lot of the premise outside of those two characters is actually built in the series itself but like marvel it does help that you have a little bit of context for the main characters yeah, I I was just about to say like there is some context that you need, especially in later episodes when they bring in cer- certain characters that you really need to know. Like of the shows, I felt this like of the two shows thus far, I felt this was the more context heavy that you did need to know because some I felt in some instances they did better at introducing characters than they did others, which I think we'll get into in the spoiler section. Um, but ultimately it's, it's a really interesting take. Cause you know, we had WandaVision being the sitcom and then this one was like more of the Marvel fair, uh, as we've kind of discussed in the past, but like also being a, it's a spy movie. I don't know. Like, a, yeah, like it's a six episode s- spy thriller is what it comes down to. Um, and for the most part, I think they did it really damn well. Oh, I also forgot the other piece of context you need is uh, the Infinity, where half the people got snapped and were brought back. That's that's another pretty important part of the series. Right. Well, that's exactly it. That, and that's where I was going to kind of get into more in like some of the spoilers. Is like there's a lot of context heavy stuff. Like you need to know, you need to know from Civil War all the way to now, Marvel wise, in terms of what's gone on in this show to really to really get an understanding of what they're doing with it. Well, actually, um, you also need Age of Ultron because uh, just, okay. brought up a couple times. <laughs> the more we There's talk, a lot of context, shit. The more we talk about this, I forgot about that. Yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, ah, oh, shit, you're right. Um, like, you can get although, away with it, but... Although, they do a lot of uh, bridging Sokovia in WandaVision, so you don't necessarily need Age of Ultron because WandaVision does a pretty good job of giving more context to that moment. I feel like you need to know. You don't need to know that Ultron, who Ultron is. You yeah, just Sokovia, need to know that I... Sokovia was destroyed, essentially, by the Avengers, which it was. And then you get to see that firsthand in the flashback scene with WandaVision, right? You get to see... Right, and I feel like... I feel like the... And then Zemo... Div- gives his own version of it being a baron being somebody of royalty from that area and actually you know loving his home country right Uh, and that's what i said i feel like the repercussions more so play into like the very idea of what civil war was um but it was great to see actually i think just sam and bucky having much more character growth than we've ever seen like combined in all of the movies i mean I really, it was really great to see Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan flex their 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 acting muscles, and more importantly, like how compatible they were. Like Marvel knew what the hell they were doing when they cast those guys together, because we'd kind of seen some of those clips together in the movies and stuff like that. When they're like, for example, when like I remember when Falcon and Winter Soldier, like they were sitting in the car waiting for in Civil War while they're waiting for um, Captain America to kiss his granddaughter. Um, and like no that oh oh uh, yeah <laughs> remember grand that niece niece sorry you're right his niece still problematic still yeah prob- yeah contextually that is still very much contextually because of Endgame that sequence r- is real fucking weird now um, and that may have drove her to where we see her go in the series who knows all part of my original vision all part of my original Paul Bettany. <laughs> Uh, oh, that's good. Um, All right, so let's talk about the writing of the show, which is, for the most part, pretty great. Like, the dialogue I found was really well done, uh, especially when they bring in the character from episode two or three. Um, It tends to sag a little bit by the ending because motivations are just kind of thrown out the window and a lot of things are brought to us just kind of like, this is for the future, so don't worry about this right now. 
it's like how you said that they gave us more of a characterization between Bucky and Winter Soldier in this one. They're kind of playing the same game with a couple other characters where it's like, we're going to tell you why they did this, but you're going to have to wait and see. Right. And some of the certain character decisions I worked for me and then some others don't, especially now within the, the light of some of the writers and creators of the show releasing certain statements that I heavily disagree with. Um yeah like again when it comes down to it they were the main focal point of it and i really respected how uh in particular we able to see like you're saying uh bucky's struggling and kind of that ptsd and, and recovering from the actions that he did as the winter soldier but also seeing anthony mackie and like his family and the small thing it's, it's, it's a small spoiler it's not necessarily plot heavy spoiler but is the idea of while there were avengers they did not get paid much, if not anything. And I really loved how they explored that idea of being Avenger while they're a hero in the larger scope of things. Um, the way they're treated by their government um, is very interesting. That And that ties into some of the plot stuff that happens, as you'll see. And it really made me think, actually, because like, with Anthony Mackie going back home and his going to his family roots and, you know, seeing that more than any other character we've established so far, I feel, um, he had a life before all of this, you know, before, you know, he was on the right of Captain America or was on his left, I forget. He's on the right. Uh, America was on his left. Yeah, okay. So, you know, before we saw him, like, you know, in Winter Soldier, you know, he had a life for the military and all of this stuff. And I really like what they did with that. Um, and again, just Anthony Mackie in those small little moments uh, of trying to live up to the ideals of Captain America and what Captain America should be. I really liked those small moments. And I think that's the best part about this, this season as a whole is those really small character moments that uh, both have. Yeah, who do we want to say was kind of like the MVP of this? Like, okay. Oh, it's Anthony Mackie. It's Falcon, 100%. 100%. Like, Sebastian Stan, his character and his purpose is very good. It, it, it shows the other side of the repercussions, and it's a story that they needed to tell for Bucky. Because if they would have been like, cool let's all go hunky-dory with him i'd have been like no 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 he has done some very terrible shit um that they've established you know not only in winter soldier more importantly in civil war you know he has some things to atone to um and i really really respect how they did that but it's definitely when it comes down to it it's anthony mackie um just fucking showing off the effects also the choreography in this was very reminiscent of the last captain america movies whereas with wandavision and endgame and a lot of the later stuff very cg heavy this one actually did feel like there were choreography there was a reason for the fight and the fights were telling a story i love when i see core yeah i love when i see a fight where the characters are fighting not just like a punch is being thrown but why this character does this why this character throws this punch or in this case throws the shield i loved the fighting in this right and it's uh obviously we're talking about that it kind of was like the almost the inverse of wandavision you know they have like those lighter moments and then the final episode of wandavision with that like that huge action sequence blah 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 right Whereas in this one, they kind of got it away out of the way in the first episode. There's a crazy action sequence, which honestly, I felt like looking back at it, did not look as good as it could have. Are you talking WandaVision? Uh, no, uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, like uh, the canyon fight. Oh, like the first episode. Yeah. Were they like that was like. You know what I mean? Like the big action sequence in terms of like CGI fest. And it's not a great sequence. Like looking back at it, I mean, the smaller fights, like you were saying, the well choreographed ones are great. Um, the only other one I could think of is that's better is in the last episode. And even then, that wasn't, I felt as VFX like heavy. Um, yeah, they did a really good job having those like hand to hand combat and using the shield in some fun ways when i when i talk about like this is my professional wrestling brain once again but when you discuss the shield it kind of reminds me of the championship in wrestling because 
in boxing, you earn that title by being the best fighter, right? But in professional wrestling, it's predetermined. So you have you have to write a story to make that championship feel important. You know what I'm saying? So this show did a great job of writing the shield to be as symbolically important as they want it to be. It's just a hunk of metal. Sure, it's a rare metal, but it's it, when you look when you look at it bare bones, it's just, you know, a trash can lid. But how they write around it, what they what it means when Anthony Mackie does what he does with the shield, what it means when another character picks it up, what it means when it slightly gets damaged, you know, they bring a lot of context to the shield, making it feel like the Maltese Falcon. Pun intended. Right. That and that's exactly it. Like it's between that and like the comparisons with like Bucky's Arm and how it's just like a brute force thing that they use rather interestingly in the series as well. Um, it's like the comparisons, right, of, of, of using both weapons and more importantly, how they're utilized by each person, both past and present. Um, what did you think overall, though, without going into spoilers, of the villain uh, of this series? Because at the end of the day, it's a comic book. You know, they have to fight an enemy. Um, how did you feel that they handled that overall? A little vague. They give us a bit of information on why they're doing what they're doing but it doesn't feel fleshed i think i had the same problem with zemo and civil war like zemo was written in a way to further the plot along you know he was just like a crux to be like we have to get the heroes in this situation so we're gonna have to have zemo get the characters in this situation and i feel like the antagonist of this was doing the exact same thing sure they had maybe an idea of what they wanted to do but we don't know what that idea was all they did was bring in the the means to have falcon winter soldier and the third guy culminate in the final fight i it was okay yeah and 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 that's because i can't remember their names exactly flag smashers i'm the flag smashers and that was the thing is like zemo in civil war when it comes down to it is his whole character purpose was literally to press play on a video well get all the heroes together press play and have the heroes slowly <laughs> but, but you no, but there's mean. more than that like all he wanted to do was show the avengers a video but i'm Shh. saying that we did we barely got a reason as to why he was just there to do things they say my family and home were killed by you, and I hate you. Cool. You got to give me a little more than that, bro. Yeah, and we, and luckily, because there's no spoilers, so they have shown him in the poster. Like, we do get a bit more of Zemo in this, and I do particularly love him in this. We get a far more interesting Zemo in this. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I felt, um, in terms of a villain, the Flag Smashers were not as well-rounded as they could have been. There were hints of it when they first were introduced, and I'm like, oh, they could do some very intriguing things, but then, you know, they just... I don't know, they just devolved into any, you know, almost terrorist organization, um, which is a damn shame. Hey, 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 hey. Falcon said we don't call them terrorists. Well, sure. (laughs) Like, you're right. Yeah, it's... Even though they used fear as a weapon, yeah, because like, which is the definition of a it's terrorist. It's the whole term, right? One man's terrorist is another man's freedom fighter, right? Like, yeah, that whole flip of a coin, and I get, I get the purpose of that. But when it came down to it, they were like, they tried to make these nuanced villains, but then they kind of almost double backed on them because they needed to have certain other characters take a priority in evilness. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, they just, I felt that like they couldn't. They didn't know how to juggle it by the ending of the last two episodes. Um, but overall, uh, I thought it was a very enjoyable show. Um, I'm really excited to see what they're able to do with the second season because they certainly set up some intriguing plots developments. It, there's, It's not a second season. It's a follow-up movie. But there's definitely going to be a second season. Yeah, but not everything from this show is probably going to show up in the second season because we don't know what Captain America 4 is going to be. Right, 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 right. That's true. Because I don't think the... I'm not sure if they've even... Are they? We'll get into that in some of the spoilers. Um, but how would you rate this overall? High later. Yeah, I, I actually, I'm in the same boat. Uh, despite some great, great character development and moments, it's a high later. It's very entertaining. It has a lot of things to say. But 
it's not a complete story because it's still set up, right? I like WandaVision for its completeness. Sure, I have a problem with like the final effects battle, but it had a beginning, middle, and end. And yeah, sure, they used an after credit scene to set it up, but I feel that they used a lot of scenes from Falcon and the Winter Soldier to set up future projects instead of focusing solely on their adventure. 100% agree. All right, do we get into the spoilers? Yes, yeah. All right, so the first thing we got to talk about because we avoided him at all costs during Spoiler Free is John Walker. Yeah, um, John Walker. Um, Kudos to Wyatt Russell. Holy, holy shit. shit, he did a great job. Um, yeah, it's, I get that it was six episodes and showing his turn into that character I felt was... I wish there was a second season because I wish there would have been more build up to him solely becoming the character that he is. Um, uh, like US agent. Like I really wish they would have spent some more time because that scene, like when he crushes a man's sternum with the shield, that is a powerful moment in terms of what that shield represents past, present and now future. Right. And in terms of how, now you know falcon who is the new captain america has to now treat that shield right it was a very powerful moment but then i felt that they rushed too much into him being a villain and then him becoming sort of an anti-hero like and 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 that's in the writer's terms because the idea is the writers had flat out said in an aft post interview that they wanted they think that viewers would have seen him as more of an anti-hero who comes around and you know ends up being a good person and i'm like no no he's not a fucking good person i wholeheartedly disagree with that character arc if that's how you wrote yeah but it's not but that is kind of how people perceive him what i love about this show and we'll get into that in a little bit was the the how they tackle race in this and john walker is the epitome of white privilege and that's what i think that they're going for with this because imagine if anthony mackie used that shield on the terrorist he would have been arrested as the show contextually tells us john walker gets off with basically he's stripped of his title and he walks off with a slap on the wrist and he still can walk around in the suit without any problems because of Julia Lewis Dreyfus, who is a vague character to say the least, somehow has pull, able to get him a new costume. And it, but what I think they're doing a lot with John Walker is they are absolutely setting him up for the Thunderbolts. Again, another crux of this show. They did not give us a full John Walker arc, they set up the seeds for what John Walker will be when he eventually becomes the Rick Flag of the Thunderbolts, aka marvel suicide squad do you honestly think that's the route that they're going to take with him with the contestant he's going to the arc they uh, they say at the end of the episode he's going to the arc where zemo is and that's it has to be they announced that thunderbolt is a thing and that's just the easiest way to get the thunderbolts involved because general ross is in charge of the raft we have that established in civil war where he captures all of captain america's partners and puts them on the raft Right, I because like who the Contessa is like would like Julia Louise Dreyfus's character is like a, a fucking triple agent where like she worked for Shield, she was also in servitude of Hydra, but was like working for Leviathan or something like that. Like there is some weird shit that I ended up like doing some research on after. I was like, who the fuck is this character and why does she matter? And like, I'm actually not sure that's the route that they're gonna take with uh, Walker for the Thunderbolts. Like I think they might. I think it's going to tie in more heavily to Captain America 3 and, like, the new version of... I don't want to say the new version of Hydra, like, whatever Julia Louise Dreyfus is going to create, whether it's, like, a new version of Leviathan or something like that. I think it's going to tie into that. I think Thunderbolts is way, way future project. Like, I... Yeah. Fair enough. That's just what I'm thinking. Because it makes... It just, to me, makes the most sense. He wants to run a team. Captain America was the the in charge of the Avengers he sees himself as Captain America he has to be in charge of a team and it just kind of seemed like an easy route to make him pseudo in charge of the uh of the Thunderbolts right um what was the other thing I was gonna say for spoilers okay so yes yeah, so, so so this is some of the um 
in some of the context heavy stuff that they really made you focus on there was a lot of that i found especially around in particular tie into bucky like when they introduced uh the wakandans in like episode three or four uh well they first introduced ouye at the end of three and then gave us a lot more the next episode right and i i i appreciate how they're all tying those stories together uh, and kind of giving like a bit more context in terms of his time spent in Wakanda. But that was where like that was like the point in time where like I literally had to pause it and explain because when it comes down to it, his time spent in Wakanda was a post credit sequence in a movie. You know what I mean? Like they kind of showed him a little bit in Infinity War, but not a whole lot. Like by Infinity War, he's like, I'm better now and I have my arm back. And you're like, all right, cool. <laughs> like... <laughs> There's not a whole lot. Oh, and the machine gun, excuse me. Like, oh, yep. there's not a whole lot there. And I, I don't get me wrong. Like, I'm happy they did it. But again, as compared to WandaVision, it really felt like you had to at least have a deeper understanding of the Marvel Universe by this point. And, and, and Wanda White, a credit to them because they've been able to establish this world. But it... Um, they, they did some of their digging and the same thing with like Zemo and kind of showing a bit of that history and stuff like that. I really do like how they went into a bit more of a story about Zakovia um, and um, like him going to the memorial site and having that sequence with Bucky, I thought was a fantastic moment. Yeah, where he actually respects not just, well, it establishes earlier that Zemo has respect for Captain America. And then we see that it passed on to Bucky because he had that whole speech about supremacy, but Cap... Uh, wanted the supremacy for a good reason, whereas Bucky, it was forced upon him, and he's making light of the situation, whereas he hates the Flag Smashers because they're just looking to be better than everyone else. Yeah, and that's that's exactly it. And that's why I liked the Flag Smashers at first, because the idea is, like, again, more context-heavy, is they came about when everyone had disappeared in a snap, right? And then when people came back... All of a sudden, people were being kicked out of their houses. They were left homeless. And, like, the idea of the Flag Smashers as a radical group was better than the overall execution of them, I felt. Um, you know, quite literally, sometimes a public execution of them. Um, yeah, it, it was just... <sighs> Marvel is great at giving you gray ideas but black and white characters that is the best way of putting that <laughs> they have thanos which is like hey i just want to make the world more sustainable i want to make sure that it's that but i'm gonna murder a bunch of people to do it and you can't tell me otherwise yeah and that's exactly it just felt like more of the same with that where it's like okay you have a cool idea but by the end name they're like just blowing up buildings and killing people and like anthony mackie's like or Falcon, I, I, I don't know why I keep on saying it by the actor's name, but like Falcon, <laughs> not even flat, Sam Wilson. I know Falcon, like Sam Wilson. Falcon is flat out just like, no, you can do better. There's better ways of approaching this. When he's talking to Carly, um, who is like the leader of the Flag Smashers, and and yeah, they just they ended up just becoming a run of the mill organization that was there because by the ending, the priority as a villain was. Uh, was to a degree Zemo, was to a degree, um, oh my God, Patriot, or not, U.S. Agent, excuse me. John Walker. John Walker. I don't know how I'm blanking. And then also the Shadow, or the Power Broker. You know what I mean? Like, because that's another factor that we completely didn't talk about is... Yeah. I think the pro the Power Broker was the main setup to the next Captain America film. That she's going to be like the big villain they have to go across because, you know, that's what Captain America does. He always fights his past. And in this case, uh, the past is Sharon Carter. Yeah. Um, which I don't, I'm intrigued by that. Um, just the very idea of like the Carters, you know, their, their part in history with, with Captain America, et cetera. Um, and how she wants revenge now because of, ultimately i don't know their name not being in the history books like they also kept the her purpose very vague and i get yeah they're probably building that up in captain america but i just the more i thought about it the more i was like i i'm not sure i like that twist that much not yet but that there are seeds who knows they might actually do a great job with sharon because 
Marvel has a great track record with good villains. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just more intrigued by, like, I'm more intrigued by Zemo, you know, him in prison and stuff like that, and his, like, his little maniacal plans that have been slowly happening. Um, I think, um, it, like, this also allowed Daniel Bruhl to, to, to show his acting chops a bit more and have a bit more context to who Zemo was and his purposes, and also to show off his sweet-ass dance moves. <laughs> God damn, that became... That became a hell of a meme. Jesus Christ. Oh, God, it's so good. It's so good. Uh, what else was I want to bring up? Oh, we have to talk about Isaiah Bradley. Yes, yeah. That's that's could probably be the rest of this discussion because that I am so surprised they kept Isaiah Bradley's origin story as from the comics as they did. Because that has always been a very controversial uh, couple of issues. Uh, it's from Red, I believe it's called Red, White, and Black Justice. But I might be confusing that. There's a lot of colors. I think it's just called Red, White, and Black. Might just be called Red, White, and Black. But essentially, it is not a off-brand of Marvel. This is in continuity, and they've never gotten rid of it. It is the fact that there was a Captain America, a black Captain America during the Vietnam War, and he broke the rules. He stole Captain America's suit while he was still frozen in ice at this point and went and saved a bunch of his fellow soldiers, took over an a whole camp, and America was like, nobody can know about you, and locked him away. Now, in the comics, he becomes a brain dead because this wasn't the real super soldier serum this was america's take on it and it deteriorated his brain uh but in this one his brain is very, still very much active he's just been scorned by the government and just f hates it rightfully so and the fact that they kept him so wronged by the government in the mcu i was pleasantly surprised and I think that was the smartest decision that they could have done, especially with the context of inevitably by the last episode of Sam becoming the new Captain America, right? It's showing the context of past and present, right, of the shield and that identity of Captain America and how they've, as they've turns out, they've treated some Captain Americas better than others. You know, they put on this huge parade for uh, Walker, for Walker. Thank you. You know, he's the new one that you like. He's complete the American way. You know, he's that classic American boy and everything like that who, you know, loves killing people um, and invading foreign countries. Well, I, I don't think he enjoyed he it enjoyed so much. He enjoyed that a little too much when he crushed that man's sternum with the shield. There was some glee in that face. Uh, do you want to watch that scene again? He doesn't smile. He's unhinged. Point being... There's a lot of difference between the way John Walker was approached by the government and how Isaiah Bradley was, especially. And I love I saw an analysis on this on TikTok where they attribute John Walker to having like the epitome of white privilege. He's got a black wife who supports him, a black best friend who always supports him, even nudged him into taking the super soldier serum. And when he was giving his like grand inauguration, they were celebrating him with, an, with a historically black entourage. Like, it was a black university that John Walker was celebrated at. Now, of course, that's probably because they originally thought Sam was going to be and, you know, push it towards race instead of just having, you know, grandstand. It had to be a black college. But then having John kill one person, a terrorist that the government has denounced, and walking away with a slap on the wrist, drop the title, and Isaiah getting locked away for 30 years for saving American lives. It's so in the background powerful. Yeah, and I'm really happy that, like they went for that because, again, it's, it's moving forward. It's going to be a way that forever shapes sam as captain america and especially like you could see how it inspires his his speech in the last episode right like you were mentioning earlier about like you know these are not terrorists we can't keep on calling them like this as much it's 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 knowing the historical context of words and phrases that are used to put down people and 
showing that we can be better and governments have to be better and, and more importantly people have to be better i think is a very powerful statement because he saw that from two points right you have this organization that's labeled terrorists but in the end they they wanted they wanted a better world for certain people right who may or may not have been considered minorities when the when people came back from the snap and then you have his other context like you're saying of, of, of isaiah bradley and knowing the history of a of a previous black captain america um yeah, it's it, it that ending speech, like in episode six of being like, you have to do better, Senator, is very, very good. Yeah, especially when he didn't back down. Like, whereas John Wa- John Walker very much like, you know, held on to the fact that I'm Captain America. Falcon took over the responsibility and knows what it means because he was with Cap since he got back from Avengers since he saved New York. So he kind of knows the gravity that comes with it. Then having the context of Isaiah Bradley motivating him, he could have just been so angry and bitter and asked for like, you know, reparations and really cause a whole, a huge stir and everything. But instead just like he's the beacon of hope. His job is to inspire people. He is the American ideal. He is not America's mascot. I love right, that. and that kind of goes into the idea of like seeing America like a two different rights. Like it's like you have you have America's you have promise, just, which is uh, Steve Rogers. You have America's uh, ideals, which is Falcon, and then you have what America is with John Walker. Yeah, well, it's and that's the idea. Is like you like the idea of the title of Captain America, which is very much John Walker's character, but then, you know, the responsibility of that is 100% Sam Wilson and encompassing that. Like, just having the title Captain America and very much like what he says to, um, in his anything, like when John Walker is removing that title, he's like, I've earned this, you know, I have two medals of honor. Like, I, it, this is the title that I deserve. It, it, it's more of the, and that was like what hit me. It's like, he sees this more as a, hey, by the way, I'm the name Captain America. Like, he doesn't take any of that responsibility of what it means on a larger global scale. Um, and how, like you were saying, how America is seen because you have a character that's literally fucking named Captain America and how he has to represent something greater and grander than the America that they currently stand in. Um, and I, I think they did a damn good job of that in that ending speech. Um Two two more things I'll talk about with the show. I just looked it up. Um, the reason that I think John Walker is going to be in the Thunderbolts is because Julia Louis-Dreyfus has been confirmed to be in Black Widow. And the new Black Widow, which is Black Widow's sister, is also going to be in the Thunderbolts, which is kind of where my connection uh, came from. Wh- what? When was this confirmed? Uh, in an interview with... I want to say Wyatt Russell. Oh. Anyway, in an interview with Wyatt Russell, he said that Julia Lewis-Dreyfus is going to be like a big piece of context for the next coming of the MCU. Like she's going to be a big part of it. And then I read a report that she had been like originally she was supposed to show up in Black Widow first and then show up in Falcon and the Winter Soldier later. But since, you know, COVID pushed Black Widow so far, this was her first appearance where it was supposed to be her second. That would make... That would make more sense because this didn't feel like a. I feel like they added certain scenes in, in Falcon and Winter Soldier with her to make it like as it was her first interaction. You know, like oh, by the way, like they, they there was some stuff they're like, oh, here's this new person that like, it's Julie Louise Dreyfus, and they just added a few more moments with her that I think that would make a lot of sense. No, I think that I, I think they shot it the way it was because obviously Black Widow takes place in the past. So this is a brand new Julia Lewis-Dreyfus with the context of Black Widow inside of her, which we don't know at this point. But I feel once that movie comes out, which, if I'm not mistaken, is end of May, then we'll kind of see where it... But that's, yeah, that's why I think there was the... I made the connection okay, between that's... Thunderbolts. Because it's been confirmed that uh, Black Widow's sister or whoever that second person is, is going to be in the Thunderbolts movie. Very, very interesting then. And then... Huh. I wonder if that instance then you wouldn't have like U.S. agent be the leader. You would actually be having Zemo. I think no, because it's American run. Why would they let Zemo, who's a baron 
in an enemy country run an American op. True. That's fair. Yeah. Okay. Wonder what we'll see. He'd probably be the pseudo leader, kind of like Deadshot was in Suicide Squad. He'd be the pseudo leader, but officially it'd be John Walker. Right. So what else didn't we cover? One, one other thing. I was so disappointed that this didn't happen in the finale. There were a couple of things I would have loved to have seen. So after Falcon gives his big speech, he turns around and Bucky says, all I heard was black guy in the stars and stripes. I didn't hear anything else. And I'm like, God damn it. Could you not have just said, give it up for Captain America like you did in the first Avenger? You know, bring the whole continuity thing whole. I would have loved that. Second thing I would have loved is when Falcon and Carly are fighting and Falcon doesn't fight. Oh, that's why I wanted to talk about the fight scenes. I'm going to go off on a tangent again. I'm sorry. But when Falcon and her are fighting and she and he just avoids her, like he's all about blocking and dodging all of her attacks to try and get her to calm down. Um, She says... When are you going to stop? Really hoping that Sam Wilson was going to say, I can do this all day. I was really hoping for that, and it didn't happen. So it's just my little bit of continuity things that bothered me. But talking about the fight sequence one last time, this is when John Walker kills the guy, and then they walk into the warehouse, and then Bucky and Sam both have to say, hey, we're going to need to take that shield from you, man. And then the whole fight sequence with basically a hot potato with the shield trying to get it from John. But at the same time, John seeing this as an attack on him and how he's incredibly violent with Sam. While with Bucky, he tends to hold back a bit like his focus is on Sam. And throughout this entire fight, you're seeing that Falcon doesn't want to really hurt John Walker. He just wants to subdue him and get the shield away from him meanwhile Bucky has no problem breaking the man's arm like there's a lot of characters there's a lot of just small things that they tell you in this fight sequence and I love when shows do that yeah yeah that whole sequence I was just about to say when Bucky just has zero hesitation where he just grabs his arm with the shield and just snaps it and I was like oh like that was actually in terms of like Marvel moments I was like oh that's rather visceral for them to do you know they show him cutting the guy down with the shield and then, you know, snapping his arm. I thought it was great. Um, and yeah, like you're saying, it's, it's a two different ideas where despite um, him trying to get away from the, like who the identity is, is the winter soldier. There's still that kind of that fight style in him and that kind of, it's almost shaped a bit of his, is his personality, right? It's, it's hard to escape from, um, despite his best and yeah like you were saying it's it's Sam trying to be like no we have to do better and, and it's not necessarily about a, a, attacking someone it's about bringing them down and like calming them down and trying to find a more peaceful resolution where Bucky's just like now let's just get the job done if it's messy so fucking be it yeah it's a great that's why they work so well as a pairing I loved both of them together and uh, what do you think? The, okay, here's another thing that I wanted to bring up and why Falcon is absolutely the main character of this story. A lot of the plot follows Bucky coming to terms with his past. Uh, we start off by seeing him righting his wrongs. This senator who came into power by hiring the Winter Soldier is now going to jail, right? He's going around righting his wrongs. But then Fa when they're training at Falcon's house... And Falcon gives him a heart to heart. Like, do you want to, I'm going to say something you're not going to like. You're not doing anything for yourself. You're doing things for other people. You need to go there and tell him you're sorry. Like they built this up to where he has to go to our, was it? It's not Nagasaki, right? Is that his name? No. Um, in short, he had killed this guy's son. <laughs> right, and I forget his name. I want to say it's Nagasaki, but the point is he. we see him in the first episode just kind of befriending him, going out to lunch, uh, working up the courage to tell him that Winter Soldier was the one that killed his son. But uh, by the end of the episode, he does go in there, and he's about to apologize, and we cut away. I feel like that is a moment that we needed to have full context just by what they were they were building up to this. We kind of needed to see. I I get what they were trying for. Like it's not 
our resolution. It's Bucky's. Like, he's doing it. That's the important part. But you built this up so much that you're just going to show us the introductions of how it goes. You're not going to tell us, like, does he forgive him? Does he kick him out? Like, we don't know how that conversation went. And I just feel that was a hell of a letdown. They were building it up so much to just kind of fizzle away. See, and that's where I kind of disagree with you. I think that scene worked for me is because, like you are saying, it's very much for Bucky. And we already, as an audience, we already know how that situation is going to go. It's not going to go great. The man is going to be fucking devastated. We saw the repercussions and the after effects of that is because the fact is, by showing that man in the diner, uh, was it his niece? Uh, I was just another person. They're not related. Okay, I couldn't remember. Uh, oh, right. He was just trying to get her him to ask her out. Yeah. Is we see the resolution where after that, he has found some semblance of peace in that aftermath. Because you know that moment, in that heat of the moment, it's going to be devastating. You already know how that's going to go. But in the aftermath of that, he found some peace. And, and Bucky seeing him like that, that I think presented a sense of hope that maybe he can find some peace like that one day. I, re- I, I really liked how they played that up for me. I, I really did. Didn't think of it that way. No, that makes sense. Yeah. Oh, um, one last thing that I think this will be the yeah. final thing we talk about. Okay, that suit, that suit is dope, right? Oh, man. That like, suit's the fact fucking that they, dope. Like, it, the fact when he lands in the fucking window and it is like the comic accurate version of his Captain America like the, from the new Marvel comics that came out like six, seven years ago fuck that thing is sweet and that whole sequence when he's using all of a sudden the wings and like that's what i was gonna say the comparison between the first episode with that helicopter fight and it or the whatever fighter jet fight it's not great looking whereas in this last one where he's like all right who's the person that could fly a helicopter he fucking does that sweet like mid-air flip and throws his shield right through the helicopter and like knocks the guy out and then like goes through the window while using his wings and it's like this sweet blending of old Captain America suit and like this modern sweet ass aesthetic with his falcon wings it looked so cool just the um, small I, the small things that he did with it too like when he's on the bridge and completely encases it so that the helicopter bounces off the Wakandan vibranium and how he uh uses the wings to give himself anchors when Carly hits the shield like they used it wasn't just hey he's Falcon he's got to have wings they make him use his wings in smart ways I loved it so much yeah and how like he's able to like the blending of him using like the shield and the wings I think is really cool that honestly I can't wait to see the action choreography for Captain America 4 because I think there's going to be some fucking awesome fight sequences in that movie with what they can do with that suit um, I, I, I'm very excited all right, what's next? What's the next MCU thing to come out? Is it Loki or is Black Widow? Um, I think it's Loki because Loki is beginning of June, and I'm pretty sure Black Widow is coming out in July. What do I look up? Do I look up MCU release order? Or what's next? You can just see Black Widow release. Oh, uh, yeah, I guess we know when uh, Loki's coming out. Yeah, it's July 2021, and Loki is coming out in June. So okay, so Loki is the next one. Yeah, which is really weird considering, like, you know, Black Widow was the one was supposed to kick off all of this stuff. Which again, like you were mentioning previously about the Contessa, but okay, um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. But more importantly, um, we have some time in between, uh, and by that I mean you have some time because uh, in a couple days, May fourth, Star Wars: The Bad Batch comes out, and I am fucking pumped. No. <laughs> Oh my god, <laughs> that show looks so fucking good. I cannot wait. It's like the the, the sequel to freaking Clone Wars. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm I can't wait. So you have a month, and I'm just gonna be nerding out for like the next month, being like, so Star Wars. So we're gonna probably have to do episode by episode because if it's a sequel, I have not watched the entirety of Clone Wars. So you're probably gonna have to fill me in on a bunch of context. Honestly, you could if you look up episodes for the bad batch they need to watch there's like two episodes in the last season of clone wars that you could watch and that's it you, that's pretty much what you would need like it gives you enough of a filler in those two episodes because that those two episodes do really establish that oh they're going to be doing a new spin-off series but it works um i think those are it so it's like season seven episodes i think like three and four are what you would need no i'd rather just have you tell You got Disney Plus, bitch. (laughs) Fair play. Fair play.
All right, we've gone over time, but Falcon and the Winter Soldier deserved it. Yeah. A lot to bring up there. All right. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I've been Drew. And I've been Nick. Yeah, we'll see you next time. Have a good one. Oh, I meant to bring it up. I watched um, the fucking... What the shit? What the fuck? Justice Society World War II, the next DC animated film. I've heard it's good. It's not. What? It's okay. Oh. It, okay. It's it's fine. I don't think I, I could go on about it. It just was kind of there. Huh. I don't know. I'll send you. I'll send it to you so you can watch it yourself, and then we can kind of talk about it next week, just to see if maybe I'm too ingrained in the DC universe at this point that maybe I'm. I got blinders on, but I. I read good reviews, but I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. Well, then I'll give you the opposite. I really think you should watch for next week. Uh, Mitchell's versus the Machines. Man, that <laughs> movie is very good. It's on Netflix. It's a great little animated movie. All right, so we have our animated jobs. <laughs> I'm to watch this, and you're to watch uh, Justice Society. Perfect. <laughs>